Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development where Richard and I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Episode 105, I'm your host, Andrew Coates. Flying solo again this week, Richard's still off on paternity leave, but he does send his best, and I'm sure he'll be back with us eventually. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, lots to get through this week, of course. Uh, weekly updates the week after a big announcement like the, uh, the uh, developer preview of the SharePoint framework, as you can imagine, might be rather large, so we'll get onto those. And then I've got uh, what I think is a really interesting interview with a couple of guys who went across to Redmond from here in Australia uh, and participated in a SharePoint dev kitchen, uh, something I've been trying to find out more about for some time. So I had a chat to them about uh, what they got up to. But first, let's get into the weekly updates. Of course, um, lots of, as I said, lots of, lots of posts about SharePoint Framework. And in fact, I've, I've picked out a few, but there are plenty more that are around and about. So uh, check those out. The, um, the, the, the ones I've picked out, uh, there's a, a great series from Waldick, uh, Master Kaz. Uh, and uh, you know, four really good posts around building framework client-side web parts, uh, specifying the icon of a SharePoint uh, framework client-side web part, building SharePoint framework client-side web parts using jQuery and jQuery plugins, and then uh, using uh, using another one about using Angular. Definitely worth checking those out. Uh, Waldeck, uh, I really like his his style in terms of uh, his ability to explain uh, the, these concepts in a, in a way that makes it really easy to, to, to grok. So definitely check uh, check Waldex post out. In fact, I've got a link to all of those uh, all those in the show notes in the weekly update, and of course uh, to his main blog as well. Uh, one more in the uh, in the web uh, sorry in the web parts creation um, uh, space. Uh, Elio Struff has has done a really good post on creating a uh, a search web part using the SharePoint framework. So uh, some good stuff there, and of course in the show notes themselves. Uh, when we discuss uh, the Dev Kitchen with um, uh, with our guests, I have got some links to the more generic SharePoint framework tutorials and getting started. So uh, you can certainly look there as well. Elsewhere in the world, we've got some interesting things going on as well in the in the Office developer world. Um, the Microsoft Planner has become generally available, so definitely uh, worth having a think about how you're going to integrate Planner in some of your applications and some of your functionality. Uh, the Office Blogs guys have got a, a, a link to that or an explanation of that. Um, the uh, Office UI fabric, uh, about which more later, particularly in the, in the uh, discussion we have uh, with uh, Jeff and Gerald, uh, the Office UI fabric core team have released 4.0.0. Uh, there's a, a, and a bunch of really interesting information about how they've got um, a, 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 a project now for uh, using with React and a project for um, uh, JavaScript more general JavaScript project. Definitely worth looking at that because the Office UI Fabric is going to save you a great deal of time uh, with um, with uh, how your application looks and feels to make sure it's consistent with other things that we do. And we're using it internally all the time. Uh, so if you want to write applications that uh, feel like Office, feel like Office uh, uh, or SharePoint, then definitely use the, uh, the UI Fabric. Uh, and there's, um, there's a bunch of new things in this release in version 4.0.0 including a whole heap of new icons for example so lots of details about that in the announcement there. Uh, 
a little bit further afield, perhaps, uh, Piers Bogan from, um, from our Xamarin team has done a really good post on authenticating mobile apps with Active Directory, Azure Active Directory B2C. Now, B2C is definitely worth uh, knowing about, even if it's not completely relevant to what you're doing right now. B2C gives you a, a way of, um, of authenticating users, particularly consumers, against uh, a, their consumer um, uh, identity providers like Facebook and Google and a number of others. Uh, so, uh, and then putting all that, storing that, uh, sorry, allowing you to store additional information about each of those identities in an Active Directory uh, tenant. So now you can have them log in uh, with their, um, let's say, Facebook username and password, but you can store additional information about them in, in Active Directory and query uh, like as you normally would. Very, very useful in terms of being able to, uh, to, to set up uh, consumer-facing applications and uh, uh, this particular um, uh, post by Pierce is about uh, doing it with mobile apps, particularly with Xamarin, because that's his, that's his background, but definitely worth checking out. This is a concept uh, on, on identity. And in fact, I was just chatting with Richard the other day, and we're thinking that uh, perhaps we ought to have the, uh, the, the king of identity back on the, the, the podcast at some stage, Vittorio. So uh, uh, the feelers have gone out for that. Vittorio, if you're listening, then uh, drop me an email and we'll, uh, we'll organise an exact time. Otherwise, uh, please respond to other emails. A couple more uh, interesting ones, I think. Uh, we, we spoke to uh, Simon Jager about, uh, about his, uh, his role at Microsoft, I guess, in a, 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 an episode in the early 90s. Well, actually, no, it was episode 101, uh, just after Jeff Tepes. Uh, so um, Simon uh, and I did a session at our internal session called, uh, internal conference called Tech Ready, and he, for that he produced a really nice uh, sample application using um, uh, Xamarin and the Microsoft Graph API to go and uh, use um, uh, uh, particularly the Excel uh, uh, REST APIs at the back end to store information and to uh, and to allow you to uh, to, to uh, um, uh, Essentially, you use Excel as a data store. Uh, he has now published that uh, through the uh, 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 the Office Graph, sorry, the Microsoft Graph uh, people on, on the repo at GitHub.com/slash/MicrosoftGraph, uh, and I've got a link to that. Uh, really nice example of uh, of UI in in Xamarin, as well as a nice example of using the um, uh, the, the REST APIs and uh, the uh, the Graph API in general. Sorry, the Excel REST APIs and the Graph API in general to, uh, uh, yeah, to, to do what's a fairly standard sort of task. Uh, Simon's also done a really nice blog post on uh, the Office 365 connectors, uh, connectors for groups. And he's, he's basically written a little console application that allows you to explore uh, group connectors without any of the, the fluff that you might, uh, you might otherwise associate it with. It. A real, a real uh, uh, workbench, if you like, for, uh, for, for going and having a look at those things. Another one of our colleagues, Max Knorr, has also done some really interesting work, and I think this is probably uh, worthy of a, a an interview and, a, and a, uh, a podcast all of its own. We might try and organise that in the very near future too, where he's built a um, uh, a build task for VSTS for uh, creating uh, or sorry deploying yeah, Outlook mail add-ins. So um, you know, grabbing the uh, the output from the um, uh, the output manifest file from the from the, from the build, uh, and deploying it automatically to an Exchange server. So if you're doing anything on uh, uh, sort of enterprise level um, uh, office development, it's worth having a good look at what Max has been doing. He's got um, he's actually got that uh, 
that 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 sort of build tasks up in the VSTS marketplace, but he's also got all the source code up on GitHub. So check those out. The links for those are in the show notes. Uh, of course, Ignite is uh, is coming up very soon. It's currently sold out. So uh, if you've missed out, then you know that's uh, definitely worth uh, remembering for next year if you really wanted to go. Of course, you'll be able to attend uh, virtually if you if you've missed out on a ticket with uh, with most of the, uh, the sessions uh, being available uh, online pretty soon after they are they are um, um, pretty soon after they are presented. And of course, usually things like keynotes are streamed live, so you could do that. But if you are going to be in Atlanta for Ignite, then uh, Joel Olson has put together a really nice list of what he calls officialish Microsoft Ignite SharePoint community events and gatherings. So if you want to catch up with people from the SharePoint community and you're going to be at Ignite, then check out Joel's great list. Uh, that's, uh, that's going to be really useful. Finally, a little bit of news that I thought was at least com- worth commenting on. We announced just the other day, and The Verge just picked up, uh, the, uh, the fact that Lenovo are going to preload a bunch of Office uh, apps, Office, Skype, and OneDrive on some of its Android devices. Now, look, you know, it's great that, that uh, that's happening. I think the more important thing is that there is a real move to a real understanding by consumers and by the people who serve those consumers that the Office uh, applications are a must-have on whatever device you're on. So uh, that's, uh, that's why, as an Office developer, you really want to be making sure that you're using the most modern uh, Office development techniques and targeting as many different device types as you possibly can. So, uh, so I'd definitely uh, have a look at that, at that article when you get a chance to. Well... That's, uh, that's the, the weekly update in, in a nutshell. What I'd like to do now is, is roll the interview I did with uh, Gerald Duran and Jeff Noland, who are consultants at a, uh, a company called Cloud, with a K, here in, um, here in Australia. And uh, I, was, uh, I was lucky enough to run into uh, one of their colleagues who told me about the trip they had made across to Redmond to participate in the SharePoint Dev Kitchen. So I'm here with uh, Jeff Noland and Gerald Durant. Well, actually not here. Of course, they're on the line. Uh, but they're much closer than my, my guests usually are. So Jeff's based in Sydney and Gerald's based in Melbourne. So we're actually all in the t- same time zone. A real, a real first for me. Uh, hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Hey, Katie. How are Hi. you? Good morning, Andrew. Yeah, really, really good. Thanks. It's, uh, it, it's lovely to have you guys on. And I, I, um, this is one of those serendipitous uh, uh, interviews where I actually ran into somebody who knew that you guys had been doing something and I wanted to talk to you about. And it kind of came about that way. So let me, let me set that scene a little bit. And then we'll chat about who you are and what you do. I was, uh, I was sitting in the Microsoft offices in Sydney uh, earlier this week. And uh, one of our newly anointed MVPs, Simon Waite, was in chatting to our MVP lead, and he mentioned that you guys have been across to the SharePoint Developer Kitchen. So um, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Before we do, I'd love to chat about who you are. So let's start with you, Gerald. It's uh, a bit of a background. Where are you from? What are you doing now? And uh, and what's uh, what's floating your boat technically? Yeah, so uh, I'm a development consultant at Cloud Solutions, uh, and I do a lot of uh, uh, customizations for our customers in Office 365 and on Microsoft Azure. So, uh, and I've just actually finished up a, a project uh, at Deakin University where we're basically building uh, online forms and uh, business workflows. Cool. And you're based in Melbourne? Yes, I am. I'm based in uh, Melbourne. Awesome. All right. And what about you, Jeff? 
Yeah, um, so I've been working with SharePoint for about 10 years, sort of that end-to-end -end spectrum, right from, I guess, uh, infrastructure, um, farm builds up to application development. I've uh, been with Cloud for about four years. Um, at the moment, I, I guess I head up the um, the uh, collaboration uh, practice for, for Cloud New South Wales. So that primarily focuses around around SharePoint and other, uh, I guess, the, the wider Office 365 suite of technologies as well. So that's sort of what keeps me busy day to day at the moment. Cool. And, and uh, for some reason, you guys got tapped on the shoulder to go across to a SharePoint Dev Kitchen. I have to say that we've been talking about SharePoint Dev Kitchens for a little while as the way that we're crafting the SharePoint framework, but I don't actually know a lot about them. So I was really pleased to get you guys on the show to, uh, to tell me a little bit about it. Uh, Gerald, tell me a little bit about what the, the SharePoint Dev Kitchen is. Yes, uh, so it's basically Microsoft inviting a, a bunch of uh, external uh, partners or uh, organizations to, you know, send a couple of their devs in to work closely with the, uh, I guess, the Microsoft uh, product group uh, in trialing out uh, new uh, technology, in this in this case, the actual SharePoint framework for building new client-side web parts. So my understanding is they've actually been running the SharePoint Dev Kitchen since the first version of the product, 2001, and we were fortunate enough to get an invite to attend the latest uh, SharePoint Dev Kitchen. Awesome. So this was in Redmond? Uh, this was in, yeah, in Redmond, uh, in Bellevue, actually, in the Microsoft okay. uh, Redmond building. Awesome. All right. And, and how long were you there for? Uh, we were there for two days. The, the workshop actually ran over two days. So, wow. um, and it was basically, I think the first day was, uh, you know, I mean, um, we actually had, uh, you know, presentations from the product group uh, and then, you know, hands-on. And then, and then that sort of led into, uh, into a hackathon where we were invited to actually uh, build web parts and, and submit them as part of a competition. Awesome. So, Jeff, um, two days in, uh, in Redmond is not very long, and it's a long way to travel just to go for two days. Tell us a little bit about what, uh, some more details about what you guys did. Yeah, so, so day one, uh, the first, essentially the morning of day one was a rapid-fire induction into the framework. So it was basically, here's a new framework, here's all the technologies you need. Has everybody got that? Great. Uh, here's a workbench. Does everybody understand what that is? Great. Here's how you work offline. Uh, has everybody got that? Great. Here's how you work online with SharePoint. So that was essentially the morning. It was very rapid. Um, I guess not a not a deep dive technically, but just sort of covering off the the basics of the framework. And then after lunch, it was like, um, right, you guys are ready. Go, go build. And so the the request was essentially that there's a sort of a set of step by step tutorials that we had um, that we were sort of working through. I guess in that afternoon session to get familiar with the framework. Um, but, but the goal, that I guess the challenge that was put to everybody there, and there was about 50 or 60 people there, um, the challenge was to use the framework to um, build a, a real uh, a web part solution, basically. And, and so with the, um, the rest of that afternoon, so once you sort of work your way through um, those tutorials, and it was great, like the Microsoft guys were there. So it was, um, a, a key thing was they, they were uh, very adamant that don't, uh, get stuck and wait. If you get stuck, there's guys in the room, call out to the guys. So, you know, even though it was very rapid, the, the team was really there to support the developers, um, like hands-on to, to get up to speed as quick as possible. So, and then we sort of came back on, on day two and, and it was um, really just keep building. So, you know, any questions? And, and we, um, the, I guess the solution that, that Gerald and I, I worked on, we, you know, we had a couple of, couple of curly ones here and there and, but, but having the, the product team right there, um, they'd sort of come over and go, yep, got it, go away, come back five minutes later and go, here's what you need to do. So it, it, was, it was a pretty awesome experience, um, uh, you know, to sort, of, to sort of go through that. 
Great. And then before we get onto the details of what you guys built and, and, and how you did in the competition, um, tell me a little bit about uh, the whole idea. Had, had you done any pre-reading? Had they, had, had they given you any sort of indication about the sort of things you were going to be doing? Or, or had, you, had you looked at the framework uh, uh, presentations from the 4th of May and those sorts of things? Um, yeah, so I, I actually uh, had a look at uh, the, the presentations from the 4th of May and uh, you know, been reading a couple of the actual blog posts from some of those who, others who've actually attended previous Dev Kitchens. Uh, but there wasn't really a whole lot to go on. I think uh, I spent a bit more time prepping my machine for uh, for the actual workshop, so basically ensuring all the, the prerequisites for building with the new SharePoint framework were installed, things like uh, Node.js and Python and a few other bits and pieces. Okay. So what is it that you guys built? Jeff, on, do you Jeff. want to take that or do you want me to do that? <laughs> Um, so uh, Jeff and me have actually sat down and, and, and discussed, we wanted to actually build something that was applicable to what we do on most of our, you know, on most of the projects that we actually work on. And one of the things that we commonly do on most projects is, uh, you know, uh, write components that use SharePoint search to aggregate content and then, and then basically apply, you know, some sort of templating framework over the top of that to present the results. So we thought it would be, it'd be good to basically go ahead and build our own client-side content uh, search web part, similar to, the, similar to the content search web part that you actually have uh, with SharePoint today. So that's, that's what we did. We built a content search web part that allowed a user to specify the search query they actually wanted to run as part of the web part properties and also specify a template. Uh, uh, in this case, we chose to use handlebars for the templating. So they could basically spend, uh, put in the handlebars template they wanted to use to format the search results. Very cool indeed. And um, were, were there any particular uh, uh, things that you came across that you thought were uh, A, either very cool or B, uh, really tricky to implement? Um, so I, I like the I like the support uh, for having the actual uh, you know the web part properties. So we, we get all that provided to us by the the web part framework. Because in the past, you know, today when I actually build my my components or JavaScript components that I actually plug into SharePoint, either using the content editor web part or the script editor web part, there's no way to really sort of specify your properties, your web part properties for you know I mean for use to configure, and we usually end up building custom solutions for that. So having all that provided by the frameworks fantastic um, the other thing that was quite interesting is um, the new with the new framework you do all your development using TypeScript so I'm still uh, I've still got my TypeScript training wheels on so it was uh, I think that was one of the biggest challenges for for me getting up to speed with TypeScript particularly when uh, you know I mean when you you know I'm so used to 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 doing things say with with Bootstrap or you know with other external libraries, so having to figure out how I actually integrate those libraries in with TypeScript. Um, but you know, once I guess once you get your head around it, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I mean, like TypeScript. Once you pull in those uh, TypeScript definition files, having having you know IntelliSense and auto completion in your in Visual Studio Code is really awesome. Right. So Jeff, what were the texts that? most difficult to get your head around do you reckon oh typescript TypeScript. so and, and that was for for the room in general we, we had a i guess a sh like a very short session on the uh, on the afternoon of the second day um and for the for everyone in the room that that was the major learning curve um and it, like i think as you were stepping through the tutorial it, it it seemed easy enough um and you're okay yeah i got it and then when you stepped away from the tutorial and you're sort of working on your own you're like whoa 
uh, <laughs> need a bit more practice. So, so definitely from that perspective, everything else, like I guess in the in the wider scaffolding, um, yeah, I think uh, guys would have had some exposure to that. So although it was new, it wasn't too difficult to get your head around. Um, I guess with like Gulp and Node and those sorts of things. But but yeah, TypeScript was was um, the the I guess the the main uh, 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 hurdle to, to to overcome. And can you suggest a way that people might uh, sort of kickstart that? You know, that 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 training or that 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 hurdle how do they get over it quickly oh i i'm not sure i have the answer right now what about yourself joel have, have you yeah, um so, is it just practice 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 or what yeah any, any so so i think uh, you know my i basically uh, i've i started off uh, by actually getting a there was actually an ebook uh, from uh, one of uh, microsoft partner calls uh, sync fusion so that was, that for me was actually reading on the plane over <laughs> Uh, and then obviously uh, typescript.org, uh, there's there's quite a few samples. So uh, I think like, you know, when you're learning any new language, there's there's that initial learning curve. But there are, I, I, you know, I, mean, I, I see that there are lots of benefits to using it. Uh, I, I think the biggest benefit is basically having the uh, design time or compile time checking, you know, right. I mean, where it comes back and actually flags, you know, I mean, that there are errors, whereas you, you won't get that in JavaScript, right? The first time you know about it is runtime in the, in the, browser debug window and are you guys both uh, both javascript devs from way back or is this sort of the, your first sort of foray into that as well on and off i think for for both gerald and i um so so cloud as a company primarily works with sharepoint online i would say that sharepoint online is probably 90 percent of our business um so w- with within that context a lot of what we've been doing sort of over the last three or four years is is really like client side um, and using a stack of JavaScript framework, so so you do have exposure to it. Um, I, I I guess we, when you look at the framework, it is sort of moving to pure web dev. So that that sort of old tech, um, you know, server side, um, you know, .NET. Um, that that that's really not applicable unless you're looking at still sort of that provider hosted app model. It's it's now pure web dev. So that's that's that is going to be the, I think the biggest thing for. Uh, traditional SharePoint developers in general, um, whether or not you're going with online technologies or you're still working with, say, 2016 on-prem, it is a move to, to you know, more of a, a web dev um, technology stack. So that, so that is where, where the learning for most guys will come in. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, that, I guess that's a really interesting, a really interesting point. And, and I've, I've said it before, I'm, I'm a traditional client, so, so traditional um, client dev sort of guy, .NET, XAML, that sort of stuff, and so I'm really, I really appreciate the, the TypeScript stuff that's coming up because, as you say, JavaScript is uh, is a bit wild west for my uh, for my old school liking. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I think when when you look at the um, like the, the framework and, and the scaffolding uh, that that's in place, you it, it, it's that that investment that will be on on the developer side to to get up to speed is worth it. Um, but it is you, there is going to be, I guess, that that initial learning piece to do, um, because you, like you could see it quite quickly, like when you're working with it and like that rapid rate of development that was possible once you sort of got the basics down. Um, the the more that you're prepared to invest, it, it is absolutely going to be of benefit in the long run in terms of that speed to deliver. Um, so that that's on the, I guess, the the, the plus side is quite clear. Um, like that speed to deliver is significantly can be significantly improved. The the I guess the downside, or not the downside, but the the consideration is that okay, I've got to I've got to invest my own time or some time to to come up to speed um, with with this new new technology stack from a SharePoint perspective. 
and I think that's the case for all of us in, in this dev world forever since the beginning. There's always, you're always going to have to invest some of your own time to do that stuff. Absolutely. Otherwise, yeah, which, which is very cool. Um, did you guys uh, leave the, the web part on, online anywhere that, so that people can have a look at the, the artifact you created? Um, so the, we actually built that in a, in a special uh, tenant that was actually created for SharePoint Dev Kitchen. So okay. um, that tenant is obviously private, so it's not, it's not public. Um, but what has happened is Microsoft have actually invite, invited all, everybody who actually attended Dev, Dev Kitchen to actually submit their web parts for uh, competition. Uh, and uh, the winners basically, I think what they want to do is they want to actually present the winning part, web parts at Ignite. So, nice. so you will actually, I guess, see you know uh, the work uh, from some of the attendees at the Dev Kitchen at, at being presented at uh, Microsoft Ignite. Some maybe including you guys, because I understand that you did quite well in this competition. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I mean, I guess uh, one of the things that uh, we've we've actually, well, I've been doing since I come back is you know basically refining it uh, and also building a few other web parts because I. For me, I, the the main advantage I see with this going forward is it, this is going to be the way. This is going to be how we plug in our, I guess, our use interface components into the new modern, I guess, the new modern UX that's coming with SharePoint later in the year. So things like modern team sites, uh, the new sort of modern publishing portals, uh, yeah. So the new SharePoint framework web parts are how that's that's going to be the way that you actually plug in your your user uh, interface components so that they fit into that new sort of responsive model. Right. And you've been very modest because I do want to make sure that everyone knows that you guys actually won this competition with these 50-odd developers. So uh, well, well done to both of you. That, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, Simon was telling me you came home with some fairly shiny new toys, which is very nice. Uh, yeah. um, in, in use today. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, no, it was. Microsoft were very generous. I think even the guys from Microsoft were surprised with the level of generosity <laughs> on, on display. So... Um, essentially, so um, during during the, I guess the, the hackathon sessions, it was right. We want we want to see some some um, you know uh, some some live working web parts at the, at the end of this, and we'll put them into uh, through a judgment process. And the top two um, from the Microsoft side, and the top one as voted by the crowd, uh, will win a couple of Surface books. And and we um, we won on um, from uh, the the Microsoft the Microsoft vote, um, which is pretty cool. Um, but but in saying that, it was like quite impressive to see, um, like the the quality that the, uh, the the crowd essentially produced, like the quality of web parts that were produced in such a short amount of time. I mean, you're, you're learning the framework and then delivering something with the framework in in like essentially like half a day to a day. Um, and there was a couple of really cool cool web parts. There was um, one from, jeez, I wish I could remember the company, but it was like an image uh, image resizer straight in the uh, in the content page, and and the, everybody in the crowd sort of went, whoa, <laughs> like it was nice. it was pretty cool. Um, and I guess got, the beautiful thing is that because it's just bringing in uh, stuff in, into a from from uh, from client side development, anything that's already available as as a as a component can be integrated into the web part pretty, in a pretty straightforward way. Absolutely, like that's that's really it. You you can you can really quickly build some some pretty cool solutions with the framework. Very cool indeed. So, had you guys come across anything that you think is still lacking in this framework piece? Like, because early on in the you saw you saw an early preview, probably even before the dev preview itself was released. Uh, are there things that you still think uh, we, we need to work hard on, or are there things that you're looking forward to seeing when they eventually get released? I, th I think the main thing from my side was when you think about delivering a. Uh, like a package solution for a customer, um, you, you, like the web part is a part, but not not the entire part. 
Um, so, you know, you have uh, lists to provision, there's potentially content types, page layouts, whatever it might be, but there's, there's sort of a, uh, like a wider view of just, just a web part. Um, and and th there was discussions around uh, how that sort of fits in the framework. And, and I guess that was the thing, like that's where we'll be looking to guidance from Microsoft is it I use a provisioning app to, to drop in my uh, framework components essentially like my lists and libraries and whatever else I need and then I use the framework for just the web part or is it all going to be as one nice uh, like app essentially that I'm dropping into the catalog and, and away it goes so that that was um, uh, like I guess still under discussion or, or like actually Microsoft were looking for advice from from their audience on, on how they would approach that so, so that I think that was one part for me is just that that end-to-end um, you know, web parts part, but everything else that needs to sit around it, how does it all fit together to deliver it nicely for a customer? Right, yeah. No, I think that, that's a really important point because it's all very well, as you say, to be able to just create this, this neat little thing that lives in isolation, but these things never live in isolation. They all have to yep. have their, their bits. How about you, Gerald? Uh, Do you have anything that you wanted yeah, to... Yeah, so I, I think, and even if you went to the actual, uh, the, the SharePoint Framework uh, Developer Preview site at the moment, there's actually a page in the wiki there that talks about, you know, provisioning your, you know, your various supporting artifacts uh, using uh, of all things, uh, custom feature XML. Uh, I, I think that's very old school. Uh, in fact, like the approaches that, that we've sort of adopted uh, these days nowadays is uh, we would actually, you know, we, we use a remote provisioning, I guess a remote provisioning option. So some of the projects I've worked on, I've actually created, provided hosted apps that are nothing more than just a call out to a, to a remote event receiver. So when you drop that app into your site, it then calls out to, uh, you know, I mean, to a, a remote receiver endpoint in Microsoft Azure, and then we use code from that, I guess, you know, from, uh, uh, we, yeah, we basically use code in that remote endpoint to come back into SharePoint to actually do the provisioning. So I, I would expect that, right. that that's the approach that I've been using, and I, I would like to see that, you know, that would, you know, that that would be actually be supported. Because if you look at uh, the, the patents and practices or office patents and practices, that's what they've actually been advocating using this uh, remote provisioning model. They don't really use, uh, I think camel is uh, slowly going away. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, so I, think, what, I think the... Sorry, go on, Jeff. Yeah. I was just going to say, the, the only other bits and pieces were, I think, um, the things that are uh, on their way. So, you know, modern lists and, you know, the potential replacement for something like JS Link um, and, it, like, the I guess the page, the full page app versus just the web part. So I think they're they're on the way, um, but, but they're sort of the ones I think... You know, when we think about the solutions that, that we develop, uh, web parts or, like, the, you know, those widgets slash components are a pretty big part, but then there's these other ones that we're pretty keen to see what the, what the framework's going to look like. I, and I, I, the other thing that is built into the framework, we did ask, and, and they said, I, I think it's being developed, is uh, web part connections for client-side web parts. Again, I, I view okay. that as very important because you you have a you have a bunch of web parts on the page and they they may need common data so you don't want to you don't want to load up that common data you know for every single web part you want to load it up once and then share it with uh, those uh, other web parts on the page got it right yeah that, that's very important so one of the other things that we've really started pushing with, with this uh, the new framework is this new tooling set things like yeoman and gulp and grunt and bower how have you guys found that transition uh it's not 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 too bad um you know i mean um you, you know, I mean, having having Yeoman, you know, uh, actually provide all the scaffolding for you, you know, I mean, so effectively to give you the start project, I think uh, it's it's good. Um, and I guess the other advantage that it doesn't really, you, you can then effectively choose, you know, whichever whichever development tool that you want to use, because 
um, I guess what one of the one of the key things I'm finding is you know I mean getting used to the getting used to the command line again. So running a lot of these commands from the command line and then loading up into your into your preferred uh, you know IDE of choice. So I've actually gone back to using Visual Studio Code. Uh, uh, the the attraction of Visual Studio Code for me is you know it basically runs on you know on PCs as well as uh, as Macs. So you know I'm not tied to a to a specific uh, you know a specific piece of hardware and I can basically uh, you know pick uh, which which you know whichever whichever uh, I prefer to use on the day. Um, that being said, you know I mean most of the projects that we work on obviously we actually use uh, Visual Studio uh, mainly for integration with uh, with TFS for for source source control management and uh, and managing the build process. I was going to ask about your build chain. How does how does that differ? And and, and you know you're building a fairly isolated artifact, but you probably do want it to integrate with the rest of your your, your project at least. How how are you guys doing that? So, um, at the, I think at the moment uh, in the in the preview, even though they they. There is actually a support for you know loading it up or importing it into Visual Studio. I, I tried that during the during the Dev Kitchen. It wasn't working for us, so we basically stuck with uh, with Visual Studio Code. Uh, and then I've also seen I guess some of the other comments are you know at, at during the Dev Kitchen you know I mean I built you know I, I use Yeoman to actually create multiple multiple web part projects. But I think in the real world you're probably going to actually go ahead and combine one or more web parts into a single project because the, the amount of files that Yeoman pulls down all the node modules you don't want to have to you don't have to pull those down every single time right. and, and from a deployment perspective as well Gerald the the essentially the the uh, the last stage of deployment is is deploying this as an app in the app catalog and then yeah. you know um, uh, going to the site where the um, the web part needs to be uh, deployed and then adding it as an app and then you can add it as a web part to the page so if if you had every uh, uh, component is having to be deployed through through the app catalog, that's normally going to be fairly significant from a from an ongoing management and deployment process for for like an in-house uh, or like a from a, um, a BAU support perspective. So, I think definitely that that um, you know multiple components in in one project essentially will be will be fairly common. Yeah. I was going to say, and the interesting thing, the the fact that it actually has to be deployed to the app catalog means that uh, no, normal users will not be, be able to actually go ahead and pull down these web parts because you need to actually deploy it to the app catalog itself, and and that you know normally I'm I'm guessing in most in most tenants uh, that would actually be be secured to the to the tenant administrators. Interesting, very cool. So, gents. I really appreciate you being on the, and, and sharing, being on the, the podcast and sharing your, your vast wisdom as it now has now become. Um, I, I, uh, I'd love to finish with uh, uh, just a couple of comments from you guys about how, what, what you think people should do to, to actually get kicked off in this new way of doing things. What are the, what are the maybe two or three things that, that, uh, that devs should do to make sure that they're ready for the new framework? Well, let's start with you, Jeff. Uh, so I think the, the tutorial, uh, so the framework is now in, in um, uh, public uh, preview developer preview yep yep so and uh, on the um, in github it has the the essentially the same tutorial that we ran through so absolutely that's that's first step go uh, read through that information it, it gets your PC set up ready to go and then you're working through that that hello world scenario basically um, so that should be step one uh, step two would then be um, uh, TypeScript um, preparation okay. and practice. So, uh, whether it's your ebook reading or whatever it is, finding those resources online—that that's really, I think, where um, where you know um, that's that's how you're going to get started. 
That's great. All right. And Gerald, you got yeah, so uh, the other thing as well that they, that they did actually mention during the Dev Kitchen, uh, in terms of the, the user experience, uh, they're actually pushing heavily on the Office UI fabric because that's what comes bundled with the framework. You are free to actually go ahead and pull in, you know, other third-party libraries. Like I'm, I'm, I guess I'm more familiar with Bootstrap and Jeff and Mew. When we're comparing Office Office UI fabric, you know, I mean, I guess it's a it's a good starting point, but it's still not as as I guess you know as complete as say other other frameworks that have been around longer, like like Bootstrap. So, but yeah, it's it's just good to actually have that, uh, you know. Uh, be I, you know get up to speed on on what's available at Office UI Fabric. Uh, I believe the templates that they actually are providing today in terms of uh, third-party uh, libraries that are integrated with the SharePoint framework are Knockout and React. Uh, right. Uh, and I you know I mean I was going to have a chat to one of my uh, uh, colleagues about uh, Angular too because that's that's most of the I guess most of the work that we do in Melbourne uh, or the complex projects we are actually using Angular too. So probably looking at you know how we actually integrate that with the SharePoint framework because that, that's really sorry I was going to say that's the beauty of the SharePoint framework it doesn't sort of you know it doesn't sort of enforce a particular framework on you you get to pick whichever you know whichever JavaScript framework that you prefer and and and, and bring that in or integrate that into the framework that's really interesting I just actually just been having a chat with the, the office UI fabric team about uh, their support for other frameworks uh, they're they're very heavily going down the react route at the moment because and their, and their justification to me and, and to the partner I asked on behalf of was that it's all about what people are using internally at Microsoft. And uh, and they, they feel that they can, if, if most internal projects at Microsoft are using are using React, then they've got this this great resource, this great reservoir of, of people who are building on and, and enhancing the, the UI fabric using React. And so they're going to continue to support that. Uh, and so we're having some interesting discussions about what other frameworks they should be uh, they should be looking at as well, and where they're going to get the resources to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and as I was saying, I think uh, yeah, you, you, most of the so most of the uh, the components, the, the I guess the new modern components. This is the beauty of where the Microsoft development teams actually are using the SharePoint framework to effectively build those new modern uh, user experiences. Uh, and and they are using React, and I guess the the advantage is if you if you basically chose to use React is that comes bundled with the framework out of the box. It's not uh, another li another external library that you need to actually integrate in or import in. Right, very cool. All right, gents. Well, once again, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it and and your insights. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing lots more very cool stuff come out of uh, out of uh, your your. Uh, your various minds, and uh, we'll uh, we'll look forward to uh, to seeing your your creations on stage somewhere at Ignite uh, in, uh, in in a little while. Of course, Ignite sold out, and uh, people can watch uh, watch Ignite live online as it happens. Uh, anything you want to finish up with? No, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you at Ignite. So, excellent. Thank you very much for having us, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers. Well, that's all for this week. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all our podcasts, the developer program, and other amazing content. Also, make sure you follow us at Office Dev on both Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, keep on coding.